This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Today, I'm interviewing Katie Kelly. She's a fellow carnivore. She's amazing. She's super fit. She's gotten incredible results from doing a carnivore and a low-carb diet, and she has so much wisdom to share with us all. Before we jump into the interview, though, I want to remind everybody about the Eat Well, Feel Great homeschool nutrition course that I'm teaching this upcoming 2021-2022 school year. The course starts on September 8th, and anybody can join this class from all over the world. This is for grades 7 through 12. They could be homeschoolers, or they could just be any students who just want to add on extra learning about nutrition. So if this is something you want to know more about, be sure to go to projectketopodcast.com backslash eat well, feel great, or just click the link in the show notes and it'll take you right to that page. Now let's jump right into Katie's interview. Hi, Katie. Welcome to Project Keto Podcast. Hey, what's going on? I'm so excited to have you here. I've been following you on Instagram for a while now. I don't know how long, but you always have the best posts, like the most inspirational posts, whether somebody's a carnivore or anything, like whether you even like diet or anything, I feel like everybody should be listening to you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. I- so tell us a little bit about um, your health journey and your story, where you came from, all the struggles you've been through, and then how you got to be where you are now. Yeah, well, similar to all of you, I've done about every diet in the book. Um, struggled pretty much my entire life with a lot of gut issues, which I think a lot of us do. Um, went to umpteen dozen doctors. Of course, you know, they all kind of tell you something different or they tell you, oh, it's just IBS. Um, struggled with that forever, you know, growing up as a female, like with the typical, Hey, you got to eat 1200 calories, always chasing a smaller body. I struggled with eating disorders, um, for as long as I can remember, um, knew there was an issue there, binge eating and like food addiction and addiction to carbs was huge. I knew I had issues with those. Um, wasn't officially diagnosed with Crohn's until about 2018, um, official diagnosis. Um, I kind of had an idea that's what I had um, and noticed, you know, throughout the years, like when I typically stuck to like more meat based or low carb or back in the day, it was Adkins. I noticed that like my gut issues weren't as bad as they were when I was eating other things. Um, Huge triggers with like fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds. I mean, you name it. I felt like I had allergies to everything and really wasn't getting any answers. Um, I discovered CrossFit a little bit later in life. So I think I was around 31 or 32 years old when I discovered CrossFit and then really realized like, Katie, you can't keep under eating and fuel as an athlete doing this. Um, you have to do something different. Um, you know, notice that I definitely had a big problem, like with my relationship with food, carbohydrates specifically. So 
knew I had to do something different. Um, of course, back then, like paleo was the big thing. So, you know, fruits and vegetables were a big part of that diet, like with the whole CrossFit, you know, um, mentality and, you know, that whole thing and was still having tons of issues. Um, didn't buckle down and really decide to commit to like doing a more meat-based or carnivore diet. I really hate putting labels on things, but you know, everybody's familiar with carnivore. So we'll say carnivore, a meat-based diet until like COVID hit. And I was like, okay, like I've done every diet in the book. You know, I was a high carb CrossFit athlete forever. I'm still having gut issues. Like, let's try something different. Like, let's just commit to a meat-based diet obviously like we're all we were all on lockdown i was like and the gym was taken away i was like this is your time to commit um so i did i committed and it was one heck of a journey like people think that it's gonna be linear um and solve all of their problems and they're gonna drop body fat like that and you really can't go into it from that kind of a perspective so I try to tell people, like, if you're going to do it, you really need to do it from a health perspective and make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, because it takes a lot of experimentation. You know, now I'm a coach too. I had done every diet. I had counted macros, yada, yada, yada. Did not track initially when I started the carnivore diet. Um, wished that I, I should have. Um, it would have made, um, like, figuring out macro ratios, I think, a lot quicker for me had I counted um previously. So I gained 15 pounds when I started the carnivore diet. I knew that I was trying to heal. I knew I was eating in a surplus, um, but wasn't really sure, like, am I eating too much protein? Am I eating too much fat? Like, why is my body reacting like this? You know, is this not the right diet for me? Should I go back to eating carbs? You know, just like a lot of people do. Um, but I had faith stuck with it kept playing around with it, started tracking my food, figured out what meats worked best. And, you know, everything just kind of came into line. So I really didn't see kind of weight loss until about month eight. And really it took probably about a whole year to transition into the carnivore diet. So I tell people, take your time because <laughs> it's, it's going to be a roller coaster. Take your time. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I have about a million questions. So Let's jump way back to growing up. Like, what was your health like as a kid and a teenager? So growing up, I was always the overweight kid. Um, I'm the oldest of three. I have two younger brothers, and, like, they were always fairly slim. Um, I was always the big one. You know, um, I knew I had an issue with, like, portion sizes. I knew I was probably eating more than I should have when I sat down to eat. You know, and my mom would make comments, God love her, um, you know, hey, you need to watch what you're eating. Um, you know, it comes from a place of love. Like, you know, you don't realize like what you say to your kids and how much it affects you and how much, um, you know, being made fun of and bullied because of what you look like affects you further into your adult life until you go through something like that. But, um, it's always an overweight kid. And I know that's probably where a lot of my eating disorders like stem from, um, was just for my trauma and experiences from that. So that's kind of, um, the culture that I grew up in, um, the eating disorders got worse and I did lose some weight probably. It was probably in high school, but I mean, I really, my body image issues started like at the age of eight years old. 
So that's kind of my background and, and what I grew up with as a child, you know, s standard American diet. You know, I grew up on a farm, corn fed, meat and potatoes, like you name it. You know, we always had starches and, you know, we really didn't watch like what we ate as a kid. I had no idea like how to feed myself, you know, as a child. And you really don't. Um, and that's no one's fault. It's just, it is what it is. So that's what I grew up with. So other than being overweight, did you have other symptoms or other health problems as like a kid? Yes. So I was very sick as a child. I got RSV before they really knew what it was. Um, and tell us a, what that is. RSV is like um, a respiratory disorder that a, that a lot of young children get. I was very sick. I was in a hospital for, I'm going to say, I think it was like around six weeks. So like I was pumped full of antibiotics. Um, which we know now like significantly affects, you know, your gastrointestinal tract and everything. So I really think that it all stemmed from that. You know, I was a high stress type A individual. Um, that doesn't help either. And just every, you know, just everything, just waterfall, you know, and I never could find any answers. And then when did the eating disorders start? Oh, goodness. Um, I knew I had an issue. Like I said, it started probably about the age of eight where my body image issues started. I noticed I was different and I was bigger than other kids and kids were starting to be mean to me. Um, really, I would probably say fifth grade. I would say fifth, sixth grade um, is when my disordered eating habits started. And I knew I had an issue with binge eating. Like I would hide my food. Um, my big triggers were like sweets and cereals and, you know, things like that because you can eat and eat and eat and eat them and they're hard to feel satiated on those. And, you know, and, and we talk about this as coaches, like losing your fullness and satiety cues. It's really hard when you restrict so long, you don't understand what's happening. You don't understand why you can't feel full and you've eaten thousands and thousands of calories of food and you still don't feel full. Like you don't really understand what that is until you're, I think you're older and someone points it out to you like, Hey, this is physiologically what has happened. And this is why you feel this. So. Sure. And, and then um, like fast forward through your youth, like through your teens and maybe your early twenties, when did you start getting onto like learning a lot more about true health? Like, how did that begin? So like fitness, I was always into, you know, high school, college, your typical cardio bunny, hop on the treadmill, let's run, um, eat all the diet foods, which just further exacerbated my gut problems because I couldn't break any of them down appropriately. Um, I would say CrossFit. That's when I really got serious about the science behind how my body worked what was really going on with my disorders, I'd say mental and physical. So I was probably about 32 years old. I think it was, I don't know, it was back in maybe like 2000. I don't know, how, when was that? Oh my God, it was so long ago. I don't even remember, 2013 maybe. So that's really when I got serious about learning about my body, you know, macros, like the whole bit. And when were you, when did you find out you had Crohn's? I know you were dealing that with it for that, but. Was when I was officially diagnosed, it was 2018. 18, okay. Official diagnosis. 
okay, so tell us all, like, what is Crohn's and, and what are the symptoms? What's that like? Coronary bowel disease. Um, and it stems in different areas of the colon and the bowel for all of us. We're all kind of different. So that's why it's really, really hard to pin down like what your triggers are. Um, and the doctors will tell you that food and lifestyle don't make a difference, which is bullshit. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Um, it makes a huge difference, um, diet and lifestyle. So making sure you get sleep, what foods you're eating, stressors, things like that. Um, and there's colitis is like another form of inflammatory bowel disease, but all of our symptoms are different. I struggled with chronic constipation and chronic inflammation. Um, my pain and GI bleeding was um, localized in my right lower quadrant. So kind of around like where your appendix is, you know, I'll put that because most people know like what appendicitis is. That's where mine is. Luckily I've never had to have a bowel resection or surgery, but I have had to take antibiotics and steroids for several flare-ups that have made me really sick. But I really, I haven't had any flares and in, in, since I went meat-based, So then, which has been fantastic. Did you go meat-based like right when you got your diagnosis or what, what did you try? What did you do? I have three sample packs of LMNT electrolytes to give out to the next three people who write a review for the show. LMNT is an amazing electrolyte product. It's a powder. They have tons of amazing flavors like watermelon, lemon habanero, raspberry, chocolate. I love them all. And you just mix the powder up with water or put it in a shake, put the chocolate in your coffee, whatever you want to do, drink that down and it gives you great electrolyte benefits. Since doing carnivore, I've noticed that I get really thirsty sometimes and water is just not doing the trick and since I've added in the element the electrolytes I felt so much better I'm less thirsty especially at night when I'm sleeping I don't have to get up and have water I feel more energy and I just feel so much better even if I only have a half a packet it's amazing so if you would like to get a free sample pack you get a whole mixture of different flavors all for free all you have to do is write a review for this show and then take a screenshot of the review before you hit submit send that screen screenshot to info at projectketopodcast.com and then the first three people who do this are going to get their sample pack mailed right to them. You can submit your review for the podcast right after you take that screenshot and email it in. It's just that if you hit submit, it kind of disappears into like the world of nothingness for a couple of days while your review is being approved and then it'll come out and we can all see it. So don't forget to send in your reviews and hopefully you are going to be the next winner. No. So I didn't go meat-based until about when quarantine hit. So I've been meat-based for a little over a year and a half. Um, and I just noticed I was still having triggers. And I felt like this was the time for me to slow down and try something different. Because as a CrossFit athlete, it is a very highly glycolytic sport which means we burn a shit ton of carbohydrates when we are doing high intensity activity. Um, I don't demonize carbohydrates. They are absolutely helpful for athletes like that. If you have a good relationship with them and they don't spark any negative physical or mental problems for you. Um, so I ate like the typical CrossFitter, you know, high lots of rice products, which I can tolerate some rice products. Um, 
would try sweet potatoes and things like that, but I still would always have the gut flares and the triggers and the constipation and the GI bleeding. And I was like, I've got to do something different. And the only diet that I had not tried was strictly a meat-based carnivore diet. So then you said it took you about a year to like fully implement the diet. So what was that first year like? Uh, like a roller coaster. Like I said, I gained 15 pounds when I started the carnivore diet. Um, I have since lost 20. So I think for my frame and I'm very petite, like I'm only five one. Um, people ask me my height all the time. I'm very active. Um, I really had to tone down my CrossFit workouts to help my body de-stress and adapt to a lower carbohydrate diet because it is hard physically to try to work out at a high intensity like that and do CrossFit um, when you first initially cut your carbohydrates out because that's your fuel source. You're used to being a sugar burner, you know, versus a fat burner. So you're going to have that drop in energy initially. Like I felt like complete trash numerous times cutting those out. Um, and you really just have to experiment. You got to take it easy. You got to rest um, when your body needs to rest. Um, there were some bouts that I would incorporate some like higher carb refeeds just to see like how my body would, would do. And if I would do it long-term, like have carbohydrates, say for a straight week. So say I did it for seven days, I would notice I felt more inflamed. And I know you do retain some water just because you're incorporating more carbs into your diet. Um, but I would get more of the bowel uh, inflammation the longer that I would incorporate those. So I knew it was still a trigger. It's just a matter of portion sizes. Um, and I noticed, obviously, the more carbs you eat, the more you crave them too. I was still having those, like I'd cook a big thing of rice and I would want to eat the whole thing because carbohydrates are a trigger for me. So finally I just said no more carbs and your cravings go down. Like my symptoms went down. Things were better. I will still eat rice cakes every once in a while. That's kind of like my easy go-to. Like if I feel like I need some quick fuel and I don't have time to eat meat, meat sits very heavy on your stomach. And when you are about to do high intensity or higher intensity activity or lift weights, the last thing that I want is a huge meat based meal on my stomach. So I work out fasted at 5 a.m. the majority of the time um, with my schedule, with my work schedule. So typically that's when I work out. I work fasted at 5 a.m. Okay. So then within that first year, you said that you initially gained 15 pounds. Yeah. Was that like, did you expect that to happen or what was that? No. like? Nope. I thought that I would actually lose weight and you do like the first like week or two, um, you lose water weight because you cut all the carbohydrates out, you know, your inflammation goes down. But then I noticed the longer that I was on it, the more weight I was putting on. Um, and I didn't really understand like, and, and I was strict like with the no carbs, um, for a while, but I was eating, uh, so fattier meat, so like chuck roast, ribeyes, lots of ribs. Um, I was incorporating more pork into my diet. And with experimentation, I noticed that I have a reaction to pork. I have like a histamine reaction. I feel more inflamed when I eat it and I don't digest it as well. So I only have that like on special occasions. I'll have like maybe some bacon with breakfast and 
Um, but I don't have ground pork anymore. Ribs, again, special occasion, things like that. Um, but I noticed that I just was just kept packing on the weight. And I was like, man, I'm up to like, you know, 125, which on my frame is a lot on a 5-1 frame. I wasn't used to carrying around, you know, 125, 130 pounds is a lot for me. Um, and then I uh, switched. I got an air fryer. Thank you, Jesus. Got me an air fryer. Um, and I noticed I digested ground meat the best, uh, beef and chicken. And they're easy to track. So I started um, more rigidly tracking my macros because I had to make sure exactly where I was, what I was digesting well, um, how my weight fluctuated with different meats and different portion sizes. And I just kind of found my sweet spot, like around two pounds of meat a day and ground beef, ground chicken was the best and easiest. And I was satiated and happy on that. And then um, I felt better digestion wise and in the gym, and then I noticed my weight started to slowly go back down. So I didn't lose it all at one time, um, but I noticed it starting to go down around month eight. And then finally, I kind of figured out those macros and what I digested well. I would say about a year in, I kind of had things nailed down, but it took like a whole year to figure it out. So do you think that when you started the carnivore diet and you were having a lot more of those fatty cuts, in some ways, do you think that was actually like a reverse diet that you just accidentally did? Yeah, in a surplus. I mean, it's science. Mm -hmm. I, I know that I was because um, I was eating way more fat than I was used to. Because when you're eating a high carb diet as a CrossFit athlete, your fats are fairly low. Like mine weren't super low, not like a bikini competitor, or, you know, um, someone cutting for like a competition. Um, so I know my fats were significantly higher. So I am very fat sensitive and carb sensitive when it comes to putting on body fat just for me. And I'm petite too. I don't have a gallbladder either. Oh, so okay. my fat threshold is much, much lower than most carnivores. I cannot tolerate really over about 150 grams of fat, like way, way too much for me. So my when you say tolerate, like, do you mean you'll gain weight or you have digestive problems? Digest major digestive issues. Um, I don't get like this may be TMI, but diarrhea very often. But if I hit too much fat, I will have issues with that. Um, I feel like my food just sits. I have gastric reflux. Um, yeah, not good. And I do put on weight too. When, when my fats, when I consistently eat more fat, cause you're eating more calories, eating more fat, you're eating more calories. Mm -hmm. uh, too, but I feel the best, like with not, not, I would say for a carnivore or like someone on keto, my fats are on the lower end, higher protein, but probably like the lower moderate end for fat. Okay. And that actually leads in perfectly. Um, both you and I asked our, uh, Instagram followers for some questions for this interview and more than one person asked about feeling full when they're on leaner cuts of meat. So when they're maybe trying to decrease the fats, like what are some ways that you can get yourself to feel satiated when you're eating really lean? Um, well, like portion size is gonna be a big thing. And again, that's gonna be different for everyone. You need to ask yourself, why are you eating lean? You know, are you eating leaner because you're trying, you're in a fat loss cut, like you're trying to cut calories and eat leaner? 
Um, cause like, I mean, if, if that's your, your point and I'm pretty blunt about this, like if fat loss is your goal and you're trying to cut calories, you're going to be hungry. Like it's part of it. It's part of a fat loss cut. Um, if you're a newbie, like I don't recommend any newbie, like playing around with fat loss cuts or anything like that. Like just get adapted to the diet first, figure out what foods you like first you know, tracking your food helps just from a tool and an awareness point. It's not something you need to do forever, but it is something you need to be aware of, like portion sizes and calories and things like that. Um, usually eating more fat, you're going to be more satiated in, in, in your meals. Um, I don't recommend adding more butter and creams and stuff. Like I feel like if you're eating fatty cuts of meat, you have enough of that natural fat in there. You don't need to add more. Um, so just get real on what are your goals? Why are you eating leaner? Do you understand what that means when you're eating leaner? You know, you're eating less calories. You're going to be hungrier. Um, just understanding the why behind why you're doing that and how your body processes those things. Mm -hmm. So adding more fat is going to help you with satiation. Mm -hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw recently, like maybe the last month or two have you been experimenting with some protein sparing modified fasting i don't like putting that label on it um okay because i'm not dropping my calories down to significantly low levels i just say i'm eating a leaner day so i'm choosing leaner meats um ground chicken is kind of like my meat of choice um so it just cuts calories down a little bit that day and really, I just listen to my body. Like if I'm craving more fats, like I don't have a lot of body fat to lose. So I notice if I consistently do like maybe three lean days in a row, I'm craving fat like on that next day. And I will let myself have more fat. Um, if I'm craving more fats two or three days in a row, then I'll eat higher fat two or three days in a row. Um, but I'm not dropping my calories down to like five and 800 calories. I don't have any reason to do that. Um, maybe my appetite isn't as much that day or I'm not craving as much fat. That would be the only reason I would do that. So I don't really call it like the protein sparing modified fast. I'm just eating a leaner, lower calorie day. Like that's all that it is. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And have you noticed any uh, like health benefits or physical changes with doing like some leaner days and then maybe some just, you're probably not doing high fat days, but days with a little bit more fat. Yeah, absolutely. Like my body did lean out doing the uh, leaner days and I feel like my digestion was a little bit better doing that. But like I said, after about three days, like I need a high fat day because I'm active. You know, I don't have a lot, like my body doesn't have a lot of extra fat to pull from you know, versus someone that has hundreds of pounds to lose. So usually you can get away with more lower calorie leaner days. Um, but yeah, my body did lean out, but I did notice like I craved fat after about three lean days. I needed something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had a similar experience. I've been kind of experimenting almost like the same that you're saying where I'm not counting calories or trying to stick under certain goals, but I'm just experimenting where some days I'm eating quite lean. And then mm -hmm. other days I just have like my normal amount of fat. I just go for a little bit of a fattier cut of meat. And mm -hmm. it's been really cool. Like it's basically what you just said. I've had 
less gut issues on some of those leaner days. And then I'm noticing myself leaning out just a little bit better. It's a slow, steady, like consistent and kind of pleasurable way of doing that, of getting a yeah. little bit more lean. And I feel like it's easy to adhere to. Um, I don't feel like it's something hard. And that's the big thing with consistency is, you know, you have to be able to adhere to whatever you're doing. Cause I don't give a shit what diet you're doing. Like if you don't adhere to it and you hate what you're doing, it's not going to work. Exactly. You know, the big thing. So I find it, you know, there's no reason for you to have to cut down to like 500 calories. Like just, just eat leaner meat one day. It'll naturally reduce your calories. And it is, it does work. Now, speaking of consistency, almost, I would say like three quarters of the questions both of us got were about consistency. Like, a lot of different things like how do you stay consistent on eating healthy how do you stay consistent on the weekend like let's just just drop some wisdom on us about consistency well you really gotta own it um i'm a big proponent of you either do or you don't all right you're either gonna do what you're supposed to do or you don't one like we talked about earlier you got to be able to adhere to what you're doing you hate what you're doing it's not going to work i don't care what it is I don't care if you hire the best coach in the world. If you don't like what you're doing, you're not going to stick with it. Setting realistic goals. You know, like it's so easy to get lost scrolling on the gram, looking at all the bikini competitors and all these people that live a completely different lifestyle as you, and you're wanting to look like them. Where they'll be like, you know, I want your arms, or I want this, or I want that, but you don't like lifting weights. So if you don't like to train the way that these people train to aesthetically look the way that they look, you just need to be honest and pick something that you like and be like, okay, I want to be the best me that I can be. I know that I probably can't look like her, but I'm going to work on being the best me that I can be. So that's a big thing. Realistic expectations. Um, your relationship with food is huge and people ignore it. They just want to, they want you to just give them a meal plan. And I'm like, that is not going to solve the problem if you are still having emotional issues with foods. Like, why are you still eating carbs if they're a huge trigger for you mentally and physically? Why are you still eating them? You know, or you, if you hate eating meat and you cannot eat large quantities, why do you want to go meat-based? Because that's not, probably not going to work for you. Like, you know, pick something in the middle. Or um, people are always really embarrassed. Like, social functions are huge. People are so embarrassed to just own the way that they're eating and take responsibility for what they're putting in their bodies that they sabotage themselves just because they're embarrassed. I'm like, just say, Hey, this is how I choose to eat. You know, or if, if you feel like explaining and educating them on why you're doing what you're doing, do it, you know, bring your own food. If you want to eat before you go out, like don't ever go out when you're absolutely starving because you are more apt to, Choose things that you don't normally choose um, and make bad decisions. You know, set soft and, and hard boundaries. Like if you do incorporate social alcohol and you know that you feel like crap after three drinks, okay, your cutoff is two drinks. And you know that you've said that. You can have cocktails, but I can only have two because I know I feel bad when I have three. Or I'm not going to eat the bread basket because I know I feel bad when I eat these things. So it's really just getting honest with yourself and just owning it. It all comes down to that. And really it's the inner work. 
you got to do the inner work first, because if you don't deal with it, like I said, you got to diet from the inside out. So knowledge bombs. Those are the biggest things. Yes. Oh my gosh. If anybody didn't like totally pick up on all of that, they should just rewind that little section of this interview and like listen to it 10 times and write it down because everything you just said that right there is so applicable to so many people. And I find that a lot of these different aspects of what you're saying will come up at different times. Like maybe you've mastered one piece of that, like you've mastered, you know, your response to people when you go to parties or social situations, but then you really haven't mastered your own interpersonal relationship with the food. And it's like juggling. There's a lot there to work with, but all of it is so important. You know, whether you're working on your food or you're working on your relationships or your relationship with money or I mean so many things all of that applies oh yeah all connected and when one is in the shitter I'm sorry all (laughs) of are usually they are affected on some level all of them are I totally agree so I want to switch modes a little bit and address the people there's so many of them that listen to this podcast who have been dieting like they've been you know starving themselves for too long, whether they're, you know, having an eating disorder or not, it doesn't matter what the label is, or maybe they've been, you know, abusing, like binge eating, or there's just so many people that listen who have been, I'm just going to say starving themselves for too long. That's just going to be a blanket statement. So explain to us a reverse diet and how that works and what that is and if, why somebody would do that. Yeah. And I would say probably 99% of the people that come to me wanting to lose body fat actually need to eat more before they eat less. Um, Cause they don't understand what their true maintenance level is and actually fueling their body for their activity first and foremost. Um, so a reverse diet, really all that is, is a period of increasing your calories up to your maintenance levels. That's it. Um, I would say the majority of clients probably increase their calories, maybe 50 to 100 calories over a couple weeks. Um, you know, some are slower if you want to be more cautious, just up until you reach that maintenance level. That's all you're doing. If you eat carbs, you can increase them via carbohydrates. You can in- increase them via fats. Like most carnivores obviously don't need a lot of carbs, so you're going to be increasing your fats because protein really should stay fairly fairly consistent, you know, really no matter what diet you're doing. Um, And that's really all that it is. And you really need to be there for an extended period of time. I would say most people need to be eating there probably six months to a year. And I know people don't want to hear that. It took me four years to fix the metabolic damage that I had done to myself. Really, it took me about four years. And then I didn't diet for two years prior to my first cut after that. So really it was about six years. So like have patience, like you're not going to see progress with your aesthetics or your health. Like if you don't commit to that process and that's, it's not a forever thing, you know, you have freedom. There's nothing wrong with wanting to lose body fat and change your body, but you cannot be a chronic dieter and think that things are going to get better because they're not. Like you have to go through this healing period to really get to where you want to be, especially if like muscle gain and you want that athletic figure that all of us want or the tone that everybody says that they want. You don't grow muscle eating 1200 calories. 
Like you don't, it's not going to happen. And the whole, I want to lose body fat and I want to gain muscle at the same time. Like maybe some newbies can do that. If you're brand new to weightlifting, you know, I've seen tons of new CrossFitters like this happen. You do, you get the newbie gains because you're not used to lifting and you will get some body fat loss, but it'll stop. If you're not fueling yourself appropriately, your body is not going to change and aesthetically look the way that you want it to. You know, so you just have to be really honest about that and commit to the process. It's not forever. I tell people it's like short-term sacrifice, long-term goals. <laughs> That's what we're working on. Mm-hmm. So let me see if I've got this right and then correct me if I'm wrong. So if somebody has been dieting for too long, they're not where they want to be with their body composition, it might be a good idea for them to increase their calories or just up their food for a period of time. And then they should probably expect that they'll put on some weight during that time, right? Usually it's a little bit and it's not as much as you guys think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. People are going to gain 30 to 40 to 50 pounds reverse dieting. And most people are not, you may gain 10 to 15 and it's just part of it. Some people lose you know, we call those hyper responders. You just, you never know what your body's, I guarantee you, you're going to feel a lot better doing it. And that really should be your goal is feeling your best first, because everything else will fall into line if you do that. But really, I've rarely had a client gain more than 10 to 15 pounds on a reverse diet. That's it. Sure. So then Mm -hmm. um, the point of doing that, would it be what to fix your hormones, fix your (laughs) cells? Like why would somebody? It usually will upregulate your hormonal imbalances, which happens when you chronically diet. Because what happens when you chronically diet, your body downregulates body systems that are not necessary. That is why you lose your period. That's why you lose your sex drive. Some people lose their hair. Your thyroid goes crazy. Your sex hormones are all over the place. It shuts those down. It's called survival. Your body is very smart, and that's what happens. The only way to fix that is to give your body more food so that it can upregulate those things so they start working. So, like, you'll start getting your period back. Your sex drive will come back. Your energy will be better. Um, You're not going to be as cold all the time. So, things like that. Those are signals that your hunger is going to come back. So, a lot of people lose their appetite. They say, well, I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat. Well, that's your body down-regulating things. So it will. You start eating and, you know, clients will text, hey, I'm like super hungry. And I'm like, great. That's what we want. Like we want response. So those are all good things. Yeah. Yeah. I had that experience and I didn't know that this is what I was going through. It was just um, a number of years of of experimenting and how it all started for me. Well, I've had a lifetime of health problems, but a couple of years ago, I did like an extreme diet and lost about 25 pounds in a month. And then I lost my period and my hair and my sex drive and my personality. And I like went way downhill big time for at least a year. And then I started doing like extreme intermittent fasting, like daily 20 hour fasts and lost my appetite and didn't really even want to eat, but I was, I looked terrible and I felt terrible and I was slowly starting to gain weight. And then eventually for me, um, at that, I had never heard of carnivore. I wasn't even on that track at that point, but I started to incorporate some more carbs at that time. And, um, digestively, nothing was really working for me. However, 
I got my period back, my hair started to grow back, I felt better, everything started working better, I could work out harder. And then, you know, that had to go on for me for probably two or three years before now I'm actually able to do something like carnivore and feel good and have mm -hmm. success from it. But um, I just, I know what that's like, and it is a slow and a long process, but it's incredibly worth it when you think about you know, the rest of your life, like you have the whole rest of your life. Do you want to be dieting and grumpy for your whole life? Or do you want to just take the time to heal and then feel amazing for it could be forever if you want it to be? Absolutely. And I tell people like the things that help me is when I put on 15 pounds when I started carnivore were not body checking in the mirror, staying off the scale, like buying clothes that were fitting and made me feel pretty just doing things, you know, putting on makeup because I felt pretty when I put on makeup, like doing little things like that, like stop staring at your smaller clothes. Okay. Cause that's not your season right now. So buy clothes that fit and they make you feel great because you wear your clothes, your clothes don't wear you. Um, those were the biggest things or wear comfy clothes, just wear comfy clothes that you feel, feel good in. Like you just have to do little things like that, that make you feel good. Those were the biggest things that helped me. Yeah, those are some really good tips. Now I'm going to switch gears again. I like to switch back and forth a lot. Are you a nurse or what? what is it Radi that you, sorry, say Radi that again? Radiology. Okay, okay, great. And then do you work nights? So my hours are all over the place. So a couple days this week I'm doing third shift. I'm first shift the majority of the time. What is so that? Yeah, it is very difficult to switch your hours around. Um, so first shift for me and I, we work 12s. Um, I have, actually I have a couple different jobs. I work for a couple different hospital systems. Um, our 7A to 7P is first shift. Um, third shift is 7P to 7A. All yeah. right. So how do you stay healthy with that? So I take lots of breaks. So say we're not busy with patients. Um, I make sure to get up, take breaks. You'll see me videoing. I'll walk around my CT machine, you know, get my steps in. I usually get about 15,000 steps a day. That's just naturally kind of where they fall. Um, so I just set that as a goal. But if I get over 10, I'm happy. Um, and I always get that when I work. But that's why I work out at 5 a.m. I'll work out at 5 a.m. fasted. And I eat my largest meal when I get to work. So after my workout, that's when I eat my largest meal and I'll eat a second meal kind of like early, early afternoon, like one, two ish. And that's, that's like my last meal. I don't, I don't digest food well late at night. So I keep the majority of my food earlier in the day. Okay. And, and then, I get home. <laughs> I bet. Okay. Now, other than working out and getting in your steps and eating healthy, do you do anything else to help improve your health? Like saunas, you know, therapies? Oh, go to an infrared sauna. It's called Hotworks here in Fishers, Indiana. So that's an infrared sauna. I do do that. Um, routine massages. Um, and really like rest days are huge. Like you guys got to take rest days. I try to take at least two a week. So that's super important. And sleep is everything. Like people like, oh, I function just fine off four or five hours. No, you don't. You think you do, but you don't. Um, so sleep is a biggie. I am a big stickler on sleep. 
and my friends know I'm a grandma. Like I like to go to bed early, but that's a non-negotiable for me because I don't like to feel like trash. So <laughs> I like to get sleep. Awesome. And then as we get ready to wrap up here, is there anything else that you want to share with people or you just want to touch on? Um, I think we covered everything really well. Like you guys are always more than welcome to message me via Instagram. I'm very active on there. I try to answer everybody back. Um, I have a blog site. Really everything you want to know is in the link in my bio. If you click it or just send me a DM and I'll show you guys where it's at. So is Instagram the best place for people yeah. to find you? Okay. Instagram place to find me. Great. And I will definitely link to your profile in the show notes so people can find you. So thank you so much for joining me today, Katie. This was just really, really delightful. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah. And we will keep in touch over on Instagram. All right. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. That was so much fun. I'm so glad I got to interview Katie and share her wisdom with all of you. And before we close out, don't forget to go rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and submit your rating to info at projectketopodcast.com if you want to be in the running to win a sample pack of LMNT electrolytes. Also, check out the Eat Well, Feel Great homeschool course if you have a homeschool student who needs to learn about nutrition or get a health credit. And I just thank you for joining me today. I'll catch you all in a week.